welcome to the number one show and the source of truth for all things medtech. Here, we reveal the secrets and stories behind the investments, science, and commercialization of the medtech industry. Every week, we'll take you on a wild ride with the biggest names in the game, from entrepreneurs and investors who are shaking up the market, to healthcare providers who are revolutionizing the way we think and practice medicine. So hold on tight and get ready for a journey like no other. This is the State of MedTech. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, and congratulations. Here's our first somewhat breaking news edition. And of course, um, nothing says breaking news like a bank failing here in, in America. And unfortunately, it's something that's going to affect our industry. So uh, before I jump into things, I did want to share some really good news, actually, that just uh, literally happened, I think, right now. Um, so originally, uh, Janet Yellen and, and, and regulators and the Federal Reserve were all going to get together and meet tomorrow to talk about how to solve this problem, which would have been a stupid idea, because as you'll see quickly from uh, the coverage or, you know, the, what I, the breakdown I'm about to provide, part of the reason why we ended up in this situation is because the Internet moves faster than people making decisions, like, you know, and and what causes sort of frenzy and like mass psychosis and, and, and chaos was Twitter, right? Uh, you know, venture capitalists who uh, had their money with Silicon Valley Bank or had startups who had their money with Silicon Valley Bank started tweeting that they should get their money out and it caused a frenzy. But the good news that just happened, so if you're a MedTech starter, uh, startup founder or a MedTech venture capitalist, the good news is that regulators, uh, uh, this is a uh, this is coming in from the New York, let me see, the New York Times. And of course, yeah, I'm seeing it being reported across a lot of other places that that federal regulators have ensured that all Silicon Valley Bank depositors are going to get paid. Right? So the move will not lead to losses by American taxpayers and all depositors, including those whose funds exceed the maximum government insured level. So FDIC insures only up to 250,000. Problem with that is that somewhere around 90% of all the depositors in Silicon Valley Bank had deposits larger than $250,000. This is what caused a lot of um, uh, concern and, and, and chaos. Now, a uh, real quick disclaimer for everyone before we jump into this episode. This is going to be real quick, but I have to just read this out. I am not a financial advisor. I'm not a banking expert. I'm not a financial expert. I'm a guy who you know lives and breathes this industry. And over the weekend, since I had a long drive back from AAOS, I spent, I would say, a few hours actually, um, you know, listening to, to podcasts, uh, report, reading reports, and just compiling information to essentially make sense of what this chaotic situation with Silicon Valley Bank is and how it affects our industry. Now, before we jump into the fun, I do have to read this disclaimer because, you know, it's important that you know this podcast does not provide any investment or economic advice and is definitely not professional advice. It's not legal, accounting, tax advice, nothing. Uh, the owner, e.g. me, um, of this content is not an investment advisor. I'm not an investment advisor. So discussion of any securities trading or markets is incidental and solely for entertainment purposes. Nothing herein shall constitute a recommendation, investment advice, or an opinion on suitability. The information in this podcast and video is provided as the date of its initial re release. And I expressly disclaims uh, 
all representations or warranties of accuracy. So that's a long way of saying that you should not take any any of my advice as economic advice or investment advice or any kind of advice. This is purely for entertainment, okay? So now that we got that out of the way, um, I'm going to do a few things on this episode. I'm going to sort of break down what happened with Silicon Valley uh, Bank, uh, how it got there, what it means to our industry, what, what med tech companies were affected by this, and then also you know, providing some advice to the people who might be uh, impacted by this. Again, I've never raised billions of dollars, um, but you know, I spend quite a lot of time in my career understanding how human psychology works uh, and how that can impact things. And so I'm gonna provide some advice from my perspective. Now, I think of all the content out there that does a good job explaining what happened, rather than for me to read it to you, I'm going to uh, play recording from uh, this very short Instagram clip from a guy who's actually a comedian, corporate bro, um, who makes a lot of uh, parody comedy on how tech and venture capital world works, made this video. And I think it actually does the best job of summarizing everything. And so I'd rather play that for you. So here is corporate bro on what happened. All right. So here's why tech is a joke right now. And sorry, I'm so riled up. My hands are shaking and I just like, I'm I'm just going to go off right now. I'm going to be redundant probably. I'm probably going to say some things that might not make sense. I'm going to say the wrong word a few times, but I'm about to pop off. So I, I don't really care right now. But if you haven't seen the news, Silicon Valley Bank, SVB, is about to go tits up unless another big bank comes in and bails them out, you know, as is tradition in the U.S. financial system. So that's super foobar right now. And people are like, oh, my God, I can't get my money out. And most startups have their money in Silicon Valley Bank. And the CEO comes out and says what every CEO should when things are going really bad. He goes, could you guys please just not panic? Yeah, sure, dog. We're not going to panic. That's fine. Yeah, everyone's trying to get their money out and they can't. So let's, let's just go there. Now let's take a step back and look at tech, generally speaking. Everyone's getting laid off. Why? Well, because most companies overscaled over the last few years. And now everyone's like, well, shit. Now everyone suddenly cares about profit. We got inflation and stuff. Actually, money kind of matters when we run a business. Maybe we should try to make some of it. So yeah, they're firing a bunch of people. You know, CEOs are hiring McKinsey consultants to come in because McKinsey consultants can count to 10 and they have a business school degree. And they're like, yeah, you guys should hire, uh, fire half of these people. And everyone's like, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, you went to Stanford for sure. That's probably right. And they're just looking at their spreadsheets like, yeah, uh, uh, 10 minus six equals four. It equals four. It equals four. That'll be a million dollars, please. And that's what they do. And that's mostly what consultants do besides making a few PowerPoint presentations and taking little graphics off other websites and put them on there to make them look pretty. That's what they fucking do every single day. Meanwhile, you got the VCs on their podcasts in their, in their Patagonia vests talking about all the great decisions they've made over the years because they were in the right place at the right time. They're not smarter than everyone. They just happen to invest in Uber and Lyft and then 9,000 other companies you've never heard of that have failed. But it doesn't matter because those companies did so friggin' well. They're rich now and they get a podcast and they get to sound super smart. They get to tell CEOs what to do. CEOs don't have to take, take accountability because the VCs told them what to do. The VCs are deep in the shadows. No one cares. No one knows who they are. And they're just like, yes. Yes, fire them. Yes, no, scale. No, no, fire them. Scale. And it just goes back and forth. And all of a sudden, you've got all these people working in roles that shouldn't exist in the first place. They're not doing much work. Everyone's like, I really don't want to go back to the office. That sounds shitty. I'm at home. I'm doing four hours of work, and I need a Vyvanse like, prescription, maybe, maybe some Lexapro to keep me happy. Because somewhere in my soul, I know something ain't right. It doesn't make sense that my company is worth a billion dollars when all it is is a feature. It is a nice-to-have feature and nothing more than that. But someone said, we're worth 1,000x ARR. And you know what? I'm going to buy it because I need my options to vest and I need to make some money because I got to get out of this because, you know, <laughs> I need more antidepressants and I got to get out as soon as I can. And so the cycle just kind of keeps continuing. And we got a bunch of good people getting fired. We got bad people being fired. People who seemingly are performing badly, but they're just in terrible positions in the first place because the job shouldn't exist. So they have a tiny little piece of the pie they're working with. They get screwed over. Everyone's pointing fingers at everyone else like this company's dumb. This company's dumb. Everyone's just dumb. 
That's what's going on. Everyone's just dumb, making stupid decisions. Can I fix it? No, I can't fix it. I can't fix the fi U.S. financial system. Like, there's no accountability there. FTX and SVB are the same thing, but, like, we're going to be like, oh, that one's crypto. Like, this one's, like, different because it's regulated. But no one's regulating shit. We all know that. It doesn't really matter. Like, what is the law? <laughs> Who cares if you got money, right? It doesn't matter. So the, the average folk like us, we're just getting tons of good material and I'm just gonna keep making jokes about it. That's what I'm gonna do. So I love you guys and I'm mad about it right now. And there's a lot more nuance to everything I just said in the last three minutes, a bunch of nonsense. I need a beer. Love you guys. Okay, now that you guys have that fantastic overview of uh, what happened, I'm gonna kind of break that down, but let's go into, let's, let's start from the very beginning, okay? So who is or what is Silicon Valley Bank? So Silicon Valley Bank, was established back in 1983. It, it primarily works with venture-backed, uh, venture capital-backed companies, and it is a partner for almost half. I'm going to repeat that: half of U.S. venture-backed healthcare and technology companies. And so, from the end of about 2019 until about Q1 of 2022, the deposits at the bank, aka people and company going and depositing at this bank tripled and the total uh deposits at u.s banks overall right so total deposits across all u.s banks rose by about 5.4 trillion dollars in the same period so silicon valley bank was part of that let's go through a chronological timeline as to what exactly happened it's important to understand this by the numbers and breakdown so q1 2020 so this is you know right when we're started kicking, kicking off the pandemic uh, SVB reported Q1 earnings with a net income of 261.4 million. So they're up 5.5% from the previous year. COVID-19 pandemic begins and it starts to impact the clients of SVB, particularly in the travel and hospitality industries. Again, you know, it backs a lot of venture-backed companies, right? Uh, then SVB announced uh, that a COVID-19 relief program for clients, which included, you know, payment deferrals and wave and waiving of fees. Okay. Q2 2020, SVP reported that Q2 earnings uh, had a net income of uh, $1.91.5 million. So it was down 26.8% from the previous year because of the pandemic, right? Okay, so that makes sense. We're having, you know, it's going through some issues. Then it, it, it announced an expansion of COVID-19 relief program. So I'm thinking that if you're at the bank, you're like, oh my God, it's COVID-19. How long is it going to last? You know, okay, we got to, we got to find ways to kind of keep these clients because if we don't waive these fees or provide any relief, God forbid, they're going to come and try and withdraw money. So for those of you who are new to the banking industry, because, you know, many people don't know this, the way a bank works, they don't actually hold your money. Holding a money, ho holding any amount of money is, is a terrible thing. Money is going to depreciate. So they want to get rid of it. How does a bank get rid of it? They loan it out. Either they loan it out or they invest it, right? Which we're going to get into in a moment, okay? So now let's move forward. Q3 2020, SVB reports Q3 earnings of a net income of $36.2 million. So it was up 39.1% from the previous year. What? That's right. So Q2, they went down 26%. Okay, to 1.91, uh, 191.5 million. Okay, so we're down 26.8%. One quarter later, they're up 39%. Okay, so they went from $191.5 million of net income to 364. How the hell did that happen? Okay, let me explain you. Because they had really strong loan growth and fee income. All right, 
And then, because they had all this money coming in, they made plans to acquire Boston Private, which was a wealth management and private banking firm. Okay, now let's move into Q4 2020. Q4 2020, SVB completes the acquisition of Boston Private for $900 million and essentially expands its wealth management and private banking offers. SVB reports Q4 earnings with a net income of $452.1 million, which was up 11.7% of the previous year. Hey, good times are rolling, right? Then in Q1 of 2021, SVB reports a net income of $645.5 million, up 146.8% from the previous year. Why? Due to strong recovery in its core technology and life science client base. So if you guys don't uh, uh, recall, uh, 2021 was wild. There was a lot, a lot of money being poured into life science and, and tech companies because interest rates were nearly 0%, right? The Fed brought it to nearly 0%. So money was just being thrown around. It's like, hey, let's put it in these, in these different companies, right? Then we move into Q2 of 2021. SVP reports Q2 earnings with a net income of $630 million, up 229% from the previous year due to strong loan growth and fee income, Okay. Then they launch, launched uh, its Venture, Venture Connect platform to connect startup founders with investors because so much money is being poured into this. They said, hey, let's make it even more attractive for founders to bank with us and start connecting them to more money so we can get more money in. So again, it, they're, doing, they're doing what I think most, most banks would have done, right? Except there's a part where they really, really screw up, and I'm going to get to that in a second. Q3 of 2021. Q3 earnings, net income of $701.8 million, so up 92.2% from the previous years. Then it you know, launches some uh, climate impact fund, right? So good times are rolling. 2021 is awesome. All this money you know, coming in. Uh, Q4, uh, uh, net income earnings was reported $758.6 million, up 67% from the previous year. Right then, they uh, um, uh, release uh, plans to acquire SVB Learlink, a healthcare-focused investment bank. So again, money's coming in; they're in, they're acquiring stuff. Great. Okay, now let's move into Q1 of 2022. Okay, Q1 earnings 905 million, up 40 percent from the previous previous year. Um, they complete the acquisition of S, F, SVB Learlink for 2.5 billion dollars. So it expands its healthcare uh, investment banking cap- capabilities. Q2 of 2022, SVB reports Q2 earnings of $879.1 million, so up 39.2%. So like they're on a rocket ship. All things are great. Hey, we're investing in a lot of things in tech and healthcare. Everything's good. We're acquiring things. Q3 of 2022, um, net income of $957.3 million, up 36%. Uh, then they announced the formation of a digital assets council to help uh, clients navigate emerging digital asset ecosystem. Okay, and then in Q4 of 2022, uh, SVB reports Q4 earnings with a net income of 1.01 billion dollars, up 33.2 percent from the previous year. And I'm sure what you are all wondering is, what the hell happened in a couple of months? Well. Let's get into that. So I thought the same thing, and this is why I started digging into this, of course, to understand what the, what exactly happened. And uh, someone who I want to quote from, uh, Kyla Scanlon, who has a fantastic podcast called Let's Appreciate, did a breakdown and essentially narrowed it down to 
four things that happened. Number one, the Fed raising rates blew out the holdings that Silicon Valley had. You know, their holdings were already kind of risky. Why were they risky? Because they put a lot of them into mortgage-backed securities, right? Mortgage-backed securities. Does that sound familiar? Oh, yeah, that's right. Those are the things that were involved in the 2008 financial crisis. What a coincidence. Uh, number two, startups actually stopped depositing money, right? So that amazing rocket ship they were on where they were getting all the deposits started to, you know, started to, they started to end. Why? Because venture capital funding was drying up. Number three, new investments also stopped because VC funding dried up, right? So their new investments dried up there. And then number four, and I think this is the thing, this is the thing I want to focus on that really caused this all to happen was the CEO unfortunately made things worse by coming out and saying, hey, um, we're going to do a few things this week, but don't worry, everybody, everybody just remain calm. And if, if we're all calm, nothing bad will happen. And the moment that he made this kind of announcement, again, I'm paraphrasing here, venture capitalists started screaming on Twitter. Um, and I think specifically Peter Thiel, who started advising um, you know, Peter Thiel, he's the one who uh, invested in Facebook and he's the original founder, one of the co-founders of PayPal. He started advising his startups like, hey, you better start getting your money out of Silicon Valley Bank, right? So that number four, in my opinion, is what caused a mass hysteria and chaos. And because of how, if social media, let's just put it this way, if social media and Twitter did not exist, I don't know if we would have uh, what's, what's called a bank run, essentially, which is a bank run, which is another term you might be hearing, is when people start uh, uh, losing losing trust and, and losing confidence in their in that in their bank holding their money, so they go and start withdrawing their money as quickly as possible. Okay, that's called a bank run. Now, what exactly happened? Right. Well, for those of you who don't know, when you deposit your money in a bank, the bank doesn't actually keep your money. You see, holding money is actually not a good idea for banks because it depreciates. They wanna get rid of it as quickly as possible. So, um, and again, this is very normal for a bank. Um, they loan it out. So you deposit your money, they loan it out to somebody at an interest rate, they make money, right? Or they uh, invest it, okay? So the SVB tripled its deposits from 2019 to Q1 of 2022, right? And again, the result of that was the big bubble in venture capital across all banks. Uh, so banks made money by loaning out customer deposits. But banks found that fewer people were taking out loans, right? And so what, what did SVB do? They decided to invest uh, in securities and cash, right? Specifically mortgage-backed securities. And I think the rate at the time was 1.5%. So it was good. So if the mortgage-backed securities had an interest rate of 1.5% and the Federal Reserve, you know, had, had interest low, you know, close to 0%, it's like, oh, we'll make money at 1.5%. That makes sense. Until the last 12 months, though, where the Federal Reserve raised interest rates, I think, you know, from 0.25% or something to well over 4 or 5%, right? And so when that happened, bond prices started to fall. So Silicon Valley Bank started to freak out because they said, we're going to lose money. So they reclassified its available for sale securities as held to maturity securities to avoid uh, losing money in the market. And this led to unrealized losses that little by little snowballed. And the bank was technically, technically insolvent 
by September 2022, last year. All right, so so the FDIC and I think um, the regular regulators in California were following the bank, right? And then the bank's deposits fell from $200 billion in March of 2022 to $173 billion in December of 2023. So all of these were just the perfect storm for what just happened last week. Now, I'm going to reference uh, some of the great work done by Connie Loizos uh, from TechCrunch. I'll leave the uh, link below. You can look it up. Call, uh, the article is called Silicon Valley Bank Shoots Itself in the Foot. Why is that? Well, essentially it did, right? And, and, it's, and despite what I just said, it wasn't because the bank was falling apart at the seams. In reality, it's, it, it can all be tracked back to this one press release that it, it put out, right? And, and some really important messaging done at probably the worst time imaginable. So Silicon Valley Bank, again, it lost $1.8 billion in the sale of US treasuries and mortgage-backed securities that it invested in, okay? And part of this was because of the rise of interest rates. It owned bonds, for example, that are no longer attractive compared with more, more newly issued bonds. And so it took a financial hit on those things, right? The bank was also contending with uh, customer deposits. So again, the customer deposits were going down. And then given that its customer base of largely startups ha had a lot less money right now uh, to park in, the in its uh, bank, right, it, it, it was forced to make these changes. So because of the situation, it decided, hey, you know what? Let's raise a bunch of money to safeguard our business, right? So the plan was to sell $1.25 billion of its common stock to investors, $500 million in convertible preferred shares, and $500 million of its common stock in a separate transaction to the private equity firm General Atlantic. The apparent goal here was to project that the bank was being conservative and just raising money to stabilize itself. Oh, that definitely backfired. It really, really backfired. And who can be surprised, given that it, it issued its announcement about these plans on Wednesday, right? And again, it's like the perfect timing. Just as this huge crypto bank, Silvergate, was announcing that it was winding down operations, right? So like, it was like the worst timing. You know, so what's crazy is that Silvergate, which is a, you know, a bank that focuses on cryptocurrencies like, like Bitcoin and Ethereum, Okay, one of the largest ones was shutting down. Last week's story, nobody talked about that because Silicon Valley Bank was such a mess, right? And so you might imagine that someone at Silicon Valley Bank might have just paused and asked, you know, maybe today is not the right time to declare that we're shoring up our balance sheet and selling some of our common stock. So somebody in the communications department really screwed up. And forget about the communications department. The CEO should have probably said, you know what, guys, given the situation this week with Silvergate uh, closing up and winding down operations, maybe we should just maybe we should just hold off on that. Maybe we don't have to do that. Right. So instead, at the very end of the market closing on Wednesday, they put out this really sort of strange, convoluted press release. Now, I'm going to read just the, the headline of this press release and you tell me what it means to you. SVB Financial Group announces proposed offerings of common stock and mandatory convertible preferred stock. And then when you go on to read, it just kind of explains 
and finance speak what's going on. It said uh, it intends to offer 1.25 billion of its common stock and 500 million of depositor shares consisting of this many stock, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the problem with this. And it's actually, this is a lesson in persuasion. The most powerful form of persuasion is always visual. And the most powerful form of visual persuasion involves the imagination. So if you are in a movie theater and you're watching the trailer of a horror film, the reason why it is scary is because they'll always, sh they'll never show the monster. They'll show like a tuft of hair, um, maybe, uh, uh, you know, some weird sounds or anything. And so you imagine the worst thing possible. So if you're the general public or an investor or something, and you read this, you know, you you bank with SVB, you're sitting there, maybe you have your Google alerts on. Somebody says, hey, you know, our bank just issued this press release. It's like, oh, that's weird. It's like, oh, look, you know, Twitter and, 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 and the news is full of Silvergate closing. Oh, that's really weird. And then you read SVB Financial Group announces proposed offerings of common stock and mandatory convertible preferred stock. What's, what do you start imagining when you read that? Right, and it, it doesn't elude or explain why it's doing it. It just kind of like it's like, hey, we're um, we're doing this. It's kind of like if you're you know if you live in an area and the house down the street is just burning down in this massive fire, this absolutely insane fire, and then somebody on your neighbor is like, hey, um, you know, we're just we're we're going and uh, we're buying some fire insurance and uh, we're uh, selling some of our stuff. And uh, we're gonna get some uh, water, you know, water and some fire extinguishers, etc. Like, you know, and they're and they're and they're doing this in a nonchalant way. Kind of makes your imagination start running, right? And so that's essentially what what ended up happening. Now let's start with the bank's uh, customers. Who are the bank's customers? Is it random people of the public? No. Is it uh, you know Wall Street corporations? No. It's Silicon Valley founders and venture capitalists who are all, for the most part, I don't want to, I'm kind of uh, uh, painting with a broad brushstroke here, but I'm part of that group. Very type A, very much into figuring out what's going on, not people who are just going to sit back and be like, oh, let's just see what happens. So these startups and venture capital firms started scrambling to figure out what to do. And where did they love to do that? Publicly on Twitter, Right. And so then um, it was definitely not funny to Silicon Valley's banks like 6,500 employees or its CEO, Greg Becker, who pretty much found himself uh, having to jump on a Zoom call later in the week um, to, to essentially address these really panicked customers um, because of this press release. And it was just, you know, to cover like, hey, this is just a little news release, right? And again, you know, not, not to criticize the CEO because, I mean... I've never been a CEO of a bank, but, you know, he got on the Zoom call, you know, um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> that Thursday morning, you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean to last, that Thursday morning, you know, its stock plummeted 60%. They got gathered a bunch of key invest, uh, venture capitalists and founders on a, on a Zoom call later that day uh, to essentially promise that the bank is strong with lots of liquidity. And the CEO said, quote, my ask is to stay calm because that's what's important. We have been a long-term supporter of you. The last thing we need you to do is panic. And again, from a persuasion standpoint, when you tell somebody don't panic, it takes too much time for the brain to switch from, okay, don't panic, we should stay calm. 
especially when it comes to fight or flight responses, the first thing it's going to do is focus on the word panic, right? If again, I don't want to be nitpicky here, but you know, words are important when you only have so many of them to use. You should say things like, we have, you know, it's important that, you know, we stay calm. We should stay calm. There's, you know, uh, you know, just focus on language that's going to project the imagination into a positive state and not focus it on negative states, right? Or, or, or things that have to do with scarcity or fear. Okay. And then it, it got a lot worse because of course the people who were like founders or venture capitalists on these, on this call, um, you know, they took to Twitter, right? And so this caused full-blown panic that became really widespread. So firms like Founders Fund, Koto, uh, Y Combinator, they, they all started, you know, Peter Thiel, that was like one of the big ones, started advising their founders, hey, go get your money out of Silicon Valley Bank. And by Friday morning, you know, what Silicon Valley Bank was, I think, hoping to have, which was a white night to save them, um, pretty much uh, didn't happen, right? They were hoping something would materialize. It may, might score the deal of a lifetime and keep their employees from running for the exits, but, you know, nobody came forward. And Silicon Valley Bank lost so much of its value so quickly that none of the suitors who turned up at its headquarters on Friday could agree on any terms of a deal. And then trading was halted uh, mid-Friday on, on it. You know, as for general the General Atlantic investment, that fell apart too. The company never really returned uh, any requests uh, for any uh, 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 quotes, um, but it did agree to invest $500 million in Silicon Valley's uh, common, common shares in a deal that was contingent on the public buying $1.25 billion in common stock, uh, which obviously did not happen. So what happened over the weekend? Well, up until, I guess, this past hour, when we found out that fortunately regulators and the U.S. government are going to step in to ensure that the people who deposited money with the bank aren't going to lose everything, right, which is good. Because again, FDIC, which is essentially insurance, only insures up to $250,000, right? So over the weekend, you know, I spoke to a couple of founders who essentially, everybody I know banks at Silicon Valley Bank because that's where their VCs usually want to park money, Um one person I knew was able to only get about $2 million out out of 15, another one only 1 million. And, you know, I don't know how else to say this, but only idiots who don't understand how this work works is gonna, are gonna say like, oh, we're bailing out billionaires. The people who are getting bailed out of this are not essentially billionaires. Yeah, they're of course billionaires and investors who are involved with this. The people who are really getting bailed out are startup founders who, you know, are the backbone of this country, who have employees to pay, vendors to pay, right? Um, and again, I'm looking, I'm just checking live here on Twitter. I mean, there are founders, like one founder um, just said that, you know, one of the, you know, up until the news of regulators stepping in, stepping in, one of the plans was to go tomorrow and pull money out of all seven or eight regional banks that his company has money with and just put it all with one of the larger banks, right? So doing this is really important because a bank run, aka when people have low trust and confidence in a bank, start pulling their money out, like withdrawing it very, very fast, which causes a bank run. This starts causing a bank run with other smaller regional banks. You do not want that to happen, right? Um, and again, uh, you know, one of the things that 
you can kind of look at look at uh, at Silicon Valley Bank for not doing a good job on is doing things such as essentially trying to pick up pennies in front of a steamroller. Uh, Trung Fan on Twitter had a you know really good tweet on this. I like it. I'm going to kind of read from it because he clipped one of the articles. Essentially, it it had a strategy to invest deposits in long term fixed rate bonds without hedging and only to make an extra 0.4% yield, right? So again, the problem with this is that they they were they were using securities and these long-term fixed rate bonds, right? And again, I might be mixing up uh, uh, terminology here, but when when we live in very tumultuous times and something like the Federal Reserve decides to hike up rates in, in such a quick manner within 12 months, these are the things that end up happening. And again, if you don't have a good communications team and you don't time things right, you know, if this if this happened 10 years ago or 20 years ago when we didn't really have Twitter the way it is today or social media, some of this may or may not have happened, but because of the mass hysteria that ended up happening, again, rightfully so, last week it caused a bank run where Founders, VCs, people just went and started withdrawing their money like crazy, right? SVB stock tanked on Friday, essentially to a point that it ended up being halted, right? We know nobody could trade on it. And anybody that was going to come forward to either, you know, to purchase, you know, those those common stocks that it was issuing or anything else, like just it wasn't going to happen. So how does this affect our industry? Well, let me tell you. We're not sure, Right. Um, you know, up until recently, you know, at least the last hour finding that regulars are going to stand, uh, come in, I was concerned that a lot of startups were just going to be essentially wiped out by this. Cause keep in mind, like aside from med tech startups, those med tech startups, uh, you know, pr- might've had customers who are in the tech sector. Um, they might've had, uh, you know, because the Silicon Valley is an ecosystem. So imagine you're a med tech startup, right? And you don't have access to your funds next week, right? Okay, so A, you can't pay your employees. That's a problem. B, you cannot pay your vendors, right? So you, you're at risk of your employees not coming to work anymore. You're at risk of not being able to deliver on uh, products and services that, that, that customers have paid you for. You might lose contracts, right? So all those things are an issue. Now, knowing that you know, regulars are stepping in and saying that everybody's going to be able to have access to their funds and they're going to make everybody whole. It should be fine. But we don't know how long that's going to take, right? And so some of the companies that are going to be affected by this, I'm going to read this uh, list off. This is uh, by Sean Woolley. Sean Woolley pulled this list together over at Mass Device. So here are the the people. Uh, iRhythm Technology. So iRhythm has a five-year loan agreement expiring in March 2027 which includes a term loan of up to $75 million and revolving credit up to $25 million, right? And as of December 31st, 2022, Iridem had $35 million in outstanding debt. Um, Atricure, Atricure had a loan of $60 million. Um, Vuray had a five-year loan agreement. I'm, I'm going to skip over the, uh, the actual details and the numbers on here just to kind of read off some of the companies that are there. If you're interested in this article, just look up... Um, uh, MedTech companies potentially affected by Silicon Valley's bank closure on mass device. So some other companies are Atricure, Vuray, Treese Medical Concepts, Vericell Corporation, Organogenesis, Humocyte, Lenzar, um, Inspire Medical Systems, 
Procept Biorobotics, SI Bone, and some others. Now, in terms of my recommendations, and again, I am not, I've never raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for a startup, but I knew a thing or two about communication. Um, you know, the first thing I would tell startup founders, regardless of what is happening, is that to have, um, essentially, I would say the very first thing you do is that if you have any invoices that are out that are going to be coming in from customers, even knowing that regulators are going to um, make you whole, do not do your banking right now at Silicon Valley Bank. That might sound obvious, but you know, in the in, in the middle of a crisis, the strongest people that I know have fallen apart, have literally been reduced to a puddle of water. And so for those who are listening to this, make sure that your CEO, your executive team, like even if you're junior at the company, go ask them and say, hey, the upcoming invoices where we're going to get paid by customers, do we have another bank for them to uh, pay us through? Do not let, do not send it to Silicon Valley Bank, right? Because who knows how long it will take for them to receive that? Who long, knows how long it will take for you to get that out? Just because you're being made whole doesn't mean you're going to have access to the money immediately tomorrow, right? So any new invoices immediately, like tomorrow, reach out to your customers, say, do not pay us here, right? Pay us somewhere else. That'd be the first thing that I do. Um, the next thing I do is have, don't make the mistake uh, that, you know, the CEO of Silicon Valley Bank made, right? Which is to say, hey, everything's good. Don't panic. I would have, this is a time for like incredibly radical, trans, just radical transparency with your customers, with your investors, with your employees, right? Um, this is the time to, you know, be a, uh, tough, but smart, thoughtful, empathetic entrepreneur, as my good friend Christopher Lockhead had, had mentioned on his podcast, right? And just have really high communication, you know, be very clear, like, hey, here's a situation that we're in, this is what could potentially happen, right? Just just go ahead and address the worst worst thing that people might be thinking in their mind, but immediately transition that to focusing on, but that being said, if we all work together, if we row in the same direction and do X, Y, Z, we can find our way out of this, you know, reassure people, let them know, hey, you know, we've been told that regulators are going to make us whole, we're going to have access to our funds, but that being said, we have to take these measures as if that's not going to happen, right? So again, clear, decisive language. These are the times that people are looking for a leader and they're looking for hope. So if you're a leader, I would say get your act together. This is not the time to show your insecurities, not the time to freak out, right? This is the time to have a lot of strength and confidence, okay? And again, right, the difference between what you're going to deliver versus what was delivered in, let's let's just summarize what what was the communication screw up that Silicon Valley Bank had last week? A convoluted, confusing press release on the day with really, really bad news already happening with Silvergate closing and their CEO coming out the next day telling people, do not panic, okay? So heading into tomorrow, which is Monday, here's what most of your employees know. They don't know the details about regulators making people whole. They don't know the details of Silicon Valley. All they know that that Silicon Valley Bank is pretty much insolvent and everybody's money might be going away. So you have to address that right away and 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 focus and get people's attention and then persuade them in the direction of hey, let's work together to uh to 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 remedy the situation. Be transparent, okay? Again, when you're communicating with whether it's your employees or customers, investors, provide details, 
okay? Don't, you know, and remember, when it comes to providing details, you, you want to provide details, but you do want to be concise, okay? And again, this is not something to, you know, shoot from the hip or do on the fly. Sit down tonight, write out what's going to be communicated through email, practice in front of the, the, the mirror, and then hold an all-hands meeting tomorrow and be confident and positive in how you communicate what's going on, okay? And the very last thing, which doesn't really apply to our to our sector too much, I think, but I do want to mention this again. This is this was uh, one of the pieces of advice that Christopher Lockhead uh, provided uh, to to the tech tech founders that follow him, which is doing a deep dive on the sales pipeline and find any tech startup that you might be expecting money from, and assume that they're not going to be able to pay you, right? Because all these companies essentially bank with Silicon Valley Bank, right? So with that being said, we don't know what this is going to mean because, again, there is going to be a ripple effect from this, um, and we're going to follow it closely and see what it means. But, again, this is why we have to pay close attention to these things because they affect our industry whether we like it or not. And even if you don't bank at Silicon Valley Bank, there is going to be a ripple effect. So um, I hope this was informative for you to understand um, uh, the situation that was going on. If I got something a little bit wrong here, um, I'm sorry, like I mentioned, I'm not a banking expert or a financial analyst, but I did my best to compile all the information and provide some kind of clarity as to what was going on. So with that being said, um, let me know what you think about this episode. If you're watching or listening to this on Spotify, I'm going to leave it. Uh, I'm going to leave a questionnaire below and check me out on LinkedIn or Twitter. You know, let me know your thoughts on this. I'd love to hear about it. And uh, if you know somebody who might be an expert, uh, somebody who knows, who's been following this very, very closely, who has background in finance, I'd love to have them on the show to, to talk more in depth about this. So with that being said, we'll see you all next time. Stay strong out there, stay confident, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for enjoying another epic episode of The State of MedTech. If you're feeling inspired and love this episode, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and turn notifications on so you never miss an episode. And be sure to give us five stars and write a short review because that helps more people discover this amazing community of ours. If you're a company who has a executive that you'd like to be on the show or perhaps you want to sponsor one of the episodes, shoot us an email at hello at Take care and we'll see you next time.